Glory to God. Well, say this out loud. It's not going to be long, but it's going to be powerful. <clears throat> yeah, all three of you. That's great. No, tease. Um, I, uh, so, so the Lord had given me a, uh, <clears throat> given me a message on prayer, but it's really interesting because the vantage point is a little different than what I'm uh, used to. And so I'm, I'm just going to share some things uh, here on the front end. We're going to get to prayer. But, you know, just be patient with me in this, okay? Um, but if you have your Bible, would you turn over to Hebrews chapter 10? Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> because here's the side of prayer that I want you to see. Because there's so many people that shy away from prayer. And I think it's been misunderstood. I think it's been um, <clears throat> communicated in ways that, that, that it can seem uh, more like work than what God intended it to be because prayer is relationship with Him. Your relationship with God is not only through Scripture, it's through prayer. And so this is how I want to put it to you because when Nicole, I met Nicole <clears throat> at a time where I, was, I grew up at Victory Church in Tulsa, and, but at the time I was there, they didn't have any kind of a young adults ministry. So uh, there was no young, ad, young adults my age that I knew how to connect with. I mean, I'd see them come to church, but because there wasn't any kind of a get-together or anything, you know, I didn't know how I was going to meet anybody. And I was, you know, in my um, early 20s. And so I found out about this little church out in Sand Springs, Oklahoma that had a young adults group that, that got together and I'd met them at a camp and so I went out there and I would go out there and just hang with them. Well, Nicole, at that time, her family, they were traveling full-time in ministry, so they were only in town once in a while just for a little bit. And so everybody else that was there in the young adults group knew Nicole, but I didn't. So when she showed up one day, I was like, who is that? And then, oh, well, that's Nicole, you know. And I said, well, who, who is she? Tell me about her. Because I was, I, you know, like the first time you, you married people saw your wife. I was like, whoa, you know, where has she been? And so anyway, so I found out about her. And so, you know, I talked with her a little bit, met her then. But then every, every Sunday night after service, we would all go to Mazia's. How many remember the days of going going to out to eat after church and so we would go hang at Mazio's well that was when I basically kind of cornered her and asked her how she felt about long distance relationships and she said I feel great about it I have a boyfriend in New York and I thought well good he's there and I'm here and you live here and you know and they had a house there and so they traveled out of Tulsa and so I found out that she was going to be in town for two weeks so I had to blackmail a friend of mine to get her number. They wouldn't, I, I didn't know how to get her number. And, and uh, this girl kind of liked me, but I didn't, it wasn't reciprocal. And so I, and finally, I, I told her I would tell some other people about something she did if she didn't give me Nicole's number. So she did. I know, it was mean, but I got the number. Mission accomplished. Um, anyway, and I called her out of the, I called her um, out of the blue, and I asked her, out and I was nervous about what she was going to say and I remember she she said okay she got off the phone asked her parents got back on the phone and said okay I'll go 
but it's only as friends. But that's how it starts, right? And so I was cool with that. And so we went out about three, three times. We went out to dinner, and then we went to the museum, and then went out with your sister and her friend to a movie. That, that qualified as a, as a group date. <laughs> anyway, I, so I really liked her. Yeah, Gary's shaking his head. I really liked her, but she, then they went on a missions trip for a couple of weeks. She came back, and she said, God's called us to move to Phoenix, Arizona, and start a church. And so I thought, well, I'm 20 years old. I, I don't feel, I'm not going to chase her to Phoenix, you know. I don't want to be that kind of guy. And so I thought, well, you know, goodbye. Four years later, a friend of mine that I was really close to, we were good friends, he starts dating this girl, and he said, Phil, I can't believe she's a preacher's kid. She's, she's amazing. And he started telling me about her. Well, where do her parents pastor? They pastor in Phoenix. And I went, uh-oh. I said, what's her name? <coughs> Don't let it be Nicole, you know. And he said, well, no. And he named Nicole's sister. And I said, I know her. I actually know her. And he said, well, I, he said, we're going to go to her work tonight. And so we did. And, and I got reconnected, you know, and reacquainted. And it was good to see her. And I said, and so I naturally asked about Nicole. How's Nicole doing? And so she began to tell me about Nicole. And I said, well, I would love to get her address and just write her a letter. Because back then, social media was the post office. You know, that was back when cell phones were carried in bags, if you were fortunate enough and, and rich enough to have one. And so she wouldn't give me Nicole's address. I didn't know why. I found out later that um, she had come out of a really bad relationship. She was, how close to the altar were you? Three months from the altar, uh, engaged, and she, God led her to break it off. Well, he didn't feel the same way, and it just was not fun. She had to fly out of town, stay at her grandma's for a week so that he would calm down, and finally did, finally realized it was over. And he went somewhere else, and that was why her sister would not give me her address. So, I, so my, my friend who's dating her sister, I said, I said, bro, how am I going to get her address to write her? And he says, well, I'm sworn to secrecy. He said, however, I can tell you. She, she attended Oral Roberts University. He said, I can tell you that every student who attends Oral Roberts University, their home address is listed in the student directory. I said, that's great. All I need is a directory. I said, where am I going to get one of those? And he said, well, I just happened to have one sitting on my coffee table. <laughs> so, so I got her address, and I said, thanks, man. And he said, no, you didn't hear it from me. I said, you're right. So I got her address, and I wrote this little half-page letter, just a, basically a howdy letter. Wrote it down put it in the envelope, put a stamp on it. My mom and I were going somewhere. She was going to drop me by the post office so I could mail it. And as she's pulling up to the post office, I'm getting cold feet. I said, Mom, I don't know that I should send this letter. And Mom said, no, you should, you should go ahead and send it. So she encouraged me, so I did. I sent it. Later, I asked my mom, I said, why did you encourage me to send that letter to Nicole? What was it? And mom said, because that was the only girl that you dated that you ever talked to your dad and I about. And it dawned on me. It was because the other relationships that I had were not good relationships, and I was embarrassed. 
I didn't want to tell my parents about it because I didn't want light to shine on darkness. You know what happens when light shines on darkness? Then suddenly things can be revealed and they can be fixed. This is the importance of the confession of sin. When we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of sin and cleanse us. The cleansing happens when light comes. I'm not proud of that, but I am, I'm so thankful that mom pointed that out. And so, so I wrote her, I sent the letter. Well, an amazing miracle happened in the United States Postal Service that maybe hasn't happened since, I'm not sure. But I got a return letter in the next week. In one week, a return letter. Wow. And so I get this letter, and Nicole wrote me back, and then we started writing each other. Well, we're really connecting through the mail. So eventually she gives me her phone number, and I start to call her. Now we're connecting over the phone, and I remember when we went out those two and a half times that we went out, that we really connected, and we constantly talked and laughed and talked and laughed and just talked and laughed. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. So, so here I am writing letters, and, but now it's different because now she is reciprocating my affection toward her. Because before, the time wasn't right. Everybody say the time wasn't right. I'm helping some of the young people in here. The time wasn't right. <laughs> And because uh, I, I used to say, we should have got married. And Nicole goes, oh, no, we shouldn't have. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so, so now we're writing these letters and we're calling each other and, and it's working through the mail and it's working over the phone. And so we realized I need to fly out to Phoenix to see if what works through the mail and through the phone works face to face. So we schedule a flight, schedule a time. And I fly out to Phoenix. Now, at that time, there was no Homeland Security, TSA. So she met me at the gate. So I come up the jetway and come out through the door, and there she is. And oh, by the way, this is an important thing to point out. She wouldn't send me a picture. Now, as a guy, we want to see a picture. How many guys I got with me? You want to see a picture, right? I mean, it's been four years. Things can change, you know. I mean... <laughs> And they do, sometimes for the better, sometimes not for the better, you know. And so I thought, well, it's been four years. You didn't agree with me on that, Scott. I didn't even get a nod. Okay. Respect, man, respect. Um, and so, I, so she wouldn't send me a picture. So one time I was so excited because she said, I've sent you a picture. And I went, glory to God, yeah. And, and sent you some pictures. I thought, oh, man, awesome. So she sends me, I get this thick envelope. And what she had done was she's a school teacher and she had all of her students draw a picture of her in crayon. I still have them. So I've got all these pictures of Nicole, these stick pictures, you know, of her. And they were amazing. Well, her sister felt sorry for me. So she said, Phil, I've got a picture for you. And she hands me this framed picture of you dressed up like a clown. And I went... And she goes, no, I'm just kidding. And then she, then she pulls out the real picture. Yeah, children's ministry. Yeah, that's why you were dressed like a clown. It was just a picture of you dressed like a clown. Why? Okay, anyway. And so she hands the picture to me, and I see it, and I go, there she is. 
She's beautiful. And when I walk off the airplane, there she was. And I thought, wow, she's amazing. So I was very nervous. I mean, we haven't seen each other for four years. We've been talking on the phone. We've been writing letters. But it's different face-to-face. And so I was very nervous about that. Here's my point. How does this connect to prayer? Let's read this scripture, and I'll explain. In Romans chapter, or Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 19 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. How can you enter? Because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. What happened when Jesus died on the cross? The curtain was what? Ripped in two. They estimate that that curtain was, was minimum four inches thick, four to five inches thick. Completely ripped in half. So what happens when that rips in half? This is the curtain that separates the holy place from the outer room. Now you can see the ark. Now you can see the presence of God, right? Okay, so let's keep reading. Verse 21, and since we have a high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. <clears throat> Here's how, well, let me touch on this, and then I'll come back to here how this, how this connects. <clears throat> so, my kids, when, we, when Nicole and I worked on staff at a church in Austin, Texas, we were, we were assistant pastors, we both had an office. My kids would come boldly into my office. Didn't matter who I was meeting with, didn't matter who I had on the phone, didn't matter anything, but any of that matter. But when they walked in, if they had a question, if they had something to say, it I might have been on the phone and said, hey, just a second, just a second. But I was going to get off that phone and I was going to give them my attention. And most of the time I'd drop anything I was doing because my first ministry is to my family. My first ministry is to my wife. Second is to my kids. And then you guys. I get to minister to you guys. But you see what I mean? But my kids would come boldly into the throne. How, how can they come boldly into my office? You're my dad. You're my mom. And they just come right in. So what Jesus said is Jesus said, I am the way. The interesting thing about that word way is it's the name of the outer curtain coming into the outer part of the tabernacle. The wall curtain that goes all the way around the tabernacle. So that's called the way. You come through that. Jesus said, I'm the way. What's the first thing you come to? It's the altar of sacrifice. It's the cross. Right? The cross is the altar. Jesus became the lamb that was sacrificed. He was the ultimate, the perfect sacrifice for us. So it's offered on this altar. But here's the deal. Many people stop right here because because they have been taught a needs-based Christianity where 
I need my sins forgiven. I need my sicknesses and diseases healed. I need my relationships restored and reconciled with my family. I need, and it causes you to stop at the cross. When all the time, everything that you need is past the altar of sacrifice and it's into the holy place where his presence is. And the whole time, I just picture God going like this. Hey, hey guys. As we're standing out at the altar of sacrifice. Guys, I would love to hug you. Man, you betcha, just walking past the altar, going past the laver, past the altar, the showbread, past the lamp, past the incense, and just running into the arms of God. This is the, this is why he sent his son. We've made it about what we need. But it's really, it's the story of the prodigal son, which is named wrong. It's not really the story about the prodigal son. It's the story about the father. The story is about the father. It's about the father's love. That this is how much he loved you. That he sent his son so that Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth, the life. That first curtain you come into is called the way. The second curtain coming through into the, the first room, <clears throat> the holy place, is called the truth. And then the next curtain, the one that was ripped in two, is called the life. So when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. What he's saying is, I paid the sacrifice so you can go all the way into the Holy of Holies. Ah. He said, you can come all the boldly into the holy place. It said the holy place. It said that that's where his presence is. Let us go right into the presence of God. So in essence, what he said is he has, he has guaranteed us an audience with the king. Oh, and so this is a very important part of prayer because up to that point, before I got off that plane and walked up that jetway and saw Nicole, the, the majority of what I knew about Nicole was through letters and phone. Many people know God through Scripture. We know, we know about God through Scripture, but we know Him by the Spirit. The Spirit reveals who he is in the word, but the spirit also brings us into his presence. What happened? I became, my body became the, the temple of who? The Holy Spirit. Oh, I told you it wouldn't be long. It'd just be powerful. Amen. This is so powerful. <laughs> it's so, so good because when we come into prayer, now when you have this mentality and you know that, in fact, I preached a message on it. I encourage you to go back and listen to it, that all of our needs are met in him. So I don't, have, I don't even need to bring my laundry list in my prayer 
to him. I'm not saying don't ask because you have not because you ask not. It's important to ask, but that can't be my motive for prayer. My motive for prayer should be my same motive that I had with Nicole is letters are no longer enough. Phone calls are no longer enough. I want to be in your presence because that's how I really get to know you. I'm so thankful that God did our relationship the way he did because all we had was communication. So many, so much of the world's idea of what a relationship is flipped. It's physical first, spiritual last. Do they love God? Yeah, yeah, they love, yeah, they go to church somewhere. I don't remember where it was. Yeah. So where's he at with God? Uh, oh, I'm, uh, he's cool. He's cool. He goes. He he believes in God. Yeah, or they'll say I I don't know. And you're marrying him. See, so much about kingdom is reverse: spirit, soul, body, last. You know, we put the emphasis on the physical, and then what happens is the physical is. It, Satan, man, he, he loves to work that because he's going to push that as far as he can so that he draws you into physical touch in relationship. And now the difficulty is you've already, you've already gone past friendship and hopped over into, in, in, into erotic love. And now you're trying to come back and have phileo love, establish a friendship. And I'm so glad, so thankful that all Nicole and I had was communication. Because, man, I got to know her really well. I got to establish a, a really strong friendship with her. And by the time we, we, came, we got together, the emphasis was not on the physical. She kissed me for the first time. Usually it's the guy. That's <laughs> she hates it when I bring that up. Well, I don't like it when you bring some stuff up, too, so... It goes both ways. No, but I mean, but she, you know, but I'm just saying that to, to give glory to God that I'm so thankful that he established things. But see, God wants that same progression. He doesn't just want you hanging out at the altar of incense and, or the altar of sacrifice and keep coming back over and over. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. When do you believe that you've been made righteous and can you go past this thing and get into the holy place where his presence is? I don't want to go in his presence. He might see this area of my life. And, and do what? And fix it? Yeah. I mean, and light shine on it so he can clean you up and polish you so that, well, you know, I, I might, he might put me through a fiery trial. Thank God stuff will rise to the top that he will scoop off of your life. All those impurities that are in there that you couldn't see will rise to the top happens to me frequently it's still happening to me because he's a refiner he's a refiner but he doesn't do it for his benefit he does it for yours he wants you to come into his presence because he wants you to discover who he is and he wants you close to him because I felt like man we really need to 
get some more context around this because what's happening here at the church is there used to only be a, a soak night on Monday nights thanks to Zach and what he's been doing with worship and pressing into the presence of God. And we're so thankful for that because that is extremely powerful. There's a whole group now that comes to that and it's a wonderful time. But now there's a Saturday morning prayer. There's a Sunday morning prayer. There's a two Sunday morning opportunities to pray. And so prayer, we're beginning to see the importance and the value of prayer. But a big part of prayer is not only asking, it's not only intercession. Intercession. We're going to get into a lot of all the different things that prayer is. But I felt like this morning I just needed to set up the, the wide picture of you and I getting close to the presence of God so that our relationship becomes close, intimate. He's the bridegroom. We're the bride. And I, I was looking up, George Barna was saying, he was talking about giving some prayer statistics on prayer. <clears throat> and um, the statistics on Bible reading for Christians was, was very disappointing, <laughs> um, which I can see why, you know, a lot of Christians are in conditions that they are when they don't really read the Bible. But, but the other thing on prayer was that that this high percentage, 82%, um, prefer to pray by themselves and they're silent when they pray. And then 13%, only 13% will, will pray audibly by themselves, out loud, talk to God. And Prayer is, is a dialogue. How do you get to know somebody? What if I just stood in Nicole's presence? Now, there's times, I mean, we're together and we don't say anything to each other because, I mean, we were eight hours in the car yesterday and there was a lot of times we didn't say anything to each other, you know? It's the relationship that needs to be cultivated. So if you're able to come to prayer, you will value the prayer more because you realize my relationship is growing with him. There's all different types of prayer, but I just want to focus on that one right now because this is so important. Because when I'm in the presence of God, man, my relationship with him, I, I'm drawing close to him. And what happens is he draws close to me. Many times for me, and I don't know what it's like f for you guys, I can't speak for anybody else but my own experience with when, when, because ever since I moved to Northwest Arkansas, so I blame Arkansas, um, God has woken me up at like 3 a.m. every single morning. I get up, I pray for an hour because the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak, right? I'm tired. I do want to roll over, but I can tell in my spirit that I'm being drawn. So here's what happens for me. Usually that first 45 minutes, I'm in worship. I'm in thanksgiving mode. I'm in, I'm, I'm believing God. I'm just loving on him. I don't have, I don't have an agenda. I'm not bringing him my laundry list of 
things that I want or need or hope to have one day. I'm just getting into his presence. And then suddenly in this last, it happens in two places. When I first get up, he'll speak to my heart like immediately, many times. Not all the time, but many times he will. And then in the last 15 minutes of my prayer, I, I actually get excited in the last 15 minutes. Because that's normally when he starts dropping things on me. He'll begin to, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, I'd, I'd like you to do this for me. Hey, you know, and I didn't, I, I didn't understand for a long time, why are you waking me up in the middle of the night? Until you're up in the middle of the night and you realize there's nothing going on at 3 a.m. <laughs> Not in my house. And there's no, nothing I have to get done. And I believe this. Many people have not stepped into a greater level of prayer because the value just hasn't been there. They haven't seen the amazing connection that happens in relationship when you pray. It's amazing. And, and so when you don't value something, it's difficult to give time to it. You know? And... and Sometimes you have to step out and do things. You don't always feel like doing things, right? And you, we've all experienced it. I don't feel like doing that, but then once I get out there and I start doing it, suddenly I get over the hump of I don't want, like to do this, don't want to do this to, you know, this isn't so bad. And then suddenly it's, oh, I'm, man, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad I did this. But what happens is the more you do that, the more into the relationship, suddenly first love, like I was talking about, begins to ignite to a greater level. First love begins to come on fire in your heart. It begins to grow in you. And, and, and you're drawn to it to where now I don't want to even think about not doing it. I don't even want to think about not having prayer time. People, I feel sad for people that tell me I'm too busy to pray. Then you are too busy, man. Because you, you can't afford to not pray. You can't afford to not pray. Some of my best prayers was when Nicole and I was da were dating. Because even as spectacular as she was, I wanted to know, I, am I in the will of God? Because I am willing to cut this off if it's not what God wills for me. Man, the more time you spend with him, the more you pursuing first love, the more he's willing to reveal to you. <laughs> things you need to know. <sighs> I mean, I've got like six pages in there I haven't even touched. And we're going we're gonna to get into, it's because I really feel to hang out on prayer for a time. Because it, it's, it's so critical in so many different ways. But as I was praying about it, I, this is where I felt like God wanted me to start, was on relationship. The, the, we need to understand that it's this, it's this intimate prayer time that we are spending to him that draws us even closer. So then when we go back and read the word, oh, it's spectacular. I mean, I, I was reading the word this morning just going, God, there's just so much in here. <laughs> there's so much I'm, I'm taking away. I'm overwhelmed. Please help me isolate and fix these things at a single time. Could you give it to me in threes? <laughs> so I can knock it out, you know what I mean? Get victory over this and 
and work on this and get this straightened out in my life and then you can carry me on. God wants to be involved. We have to let him. We have to give him an open path. That's why if this is your first time here or maybe it's my first time seeing you here and you haven't come to this church before and you might think, wow, they spend some time on worship. They spend some time. Yeah, we want nothing hindering God from bringing his presence in here and filling the room and filling every person and doing what only he can do. Would you stand up with me this morning? Thank you, Father. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes all around the room? I just want to take a moment. I'm not going to take long, but you need this. You and I both, we need this. We need his presence. We can't afford to be doing life as usual. Maybe you're here and you're like the church that John wrote about in Revelation where you've been doing things, you've lost your first love somehow. It might have been through hurt, it might have been through disappointment, it might have been through discouragement, it might have been through lack of... I mean, it could be a plethora of things. It could be a lot of different things. But if you're here and you say, I have, first love has dwindled in my heart, and I want to come back. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands all around the room. If that's you, wherever you are, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but it's important that you allow the light of God to shine on that darkness in your life that you you say yeah Phil that's me I want to come back to first love I want to pray for you thank you Jesus thank you Jesus yeah how many of you it's not that you've lost first love maybe God this morning is bringing you to a more intimate place with him yeah yeah that's you. Father, let's just all lift our hands all around the room. Pray this out loud after me, would you? Would you play it? Just pray it nice and strong for me. Let's pray it out loud. Father God, I thank you for your presence that's here in this room. I press into that presence. I want more of you. I want my heart to be tender intimate with you I ask you Father fill me with your presence now just begin to thank him just begin to say Lord I receive it I receive your presence thank you God oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus yeah God more more in the lives of every person here father thank you for a deeper desire that we're going deeper with you god that we're growing in our relationship lord that we are getting closer and closer and closer and lord we're not embarrassed that people would try to call us a fanatic we'll say no i'm not a fanatic i am in love with my father god we thank you We thank you, Lord. We realize the only way to to not lose what we have is to go after more. So we choose to go after you with all of our heart, soul, mind, 
strength. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you, Lord God. We love you. Oh. Oh. Wow. 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 Man, can you guys sense that? You sense his presence. Mm.